As we've been looking through the book of Ecclesiastes, we've been thinking about what is meaningless, what is meaningless in all of the activities that we do, that people look to for meaning. Um, but actually, when we think about uh, when we think about things, you know, from the perspective of of you know the fact we all die, then actually that does turn so many of the all of the things that we look to for meaning in this life uh, to be meaningless without God. Um, one of the the twists that Ecclesiastes now kind of springs upon us is that uh, one of those meaningless activities can be church. One of those meaningless activities can be church, depending on, on how we, we approach it. And that's what we're going to be thinking about uh, today. Is church just one of those, those meaningless things? And this is what he says, the teacher, he begins, guard your steps when you go to the house of God. And what he's saying is, look, be careful. This is, church is not simply something which is a ritual, which we just do. And, and that's what he's meaning there, that you know, we need to be careful in the way even that we go about the, the religious, in, in inverted commas, um, things that we do. You know, even in the um, uh, going to the temple, going to the house of God, going to church, we need to be careful how we do that, not to make that into a meaningless activity. And he gives a contrast. He says, go near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools who, who do not know that they do wrong. So there's a contrast. There are people who go to the temple, who go to church to listen, and there are those, uh, as he puts it, fools, who, who don't know that they do wrong, who don't know that they're, that they're doing the wrong thing. Now, listening is something which is a very important thing in the Bible. Listening is something which we are commanded to do uh, many times. So, for example, Deuteronomy uh, chapter, uh, chapter 6, verse 4, which is something that the, uh, the people of Israel would say every day. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Hear, O Israel. That's what God commands. Hear, O Israel. Listen. The Lord our God is one Lord. And then think about what Jesus said when he was being tempted by, by Satan in, uh, in the wilderness, uh, actually quoting from, again, from, um, from the law, from Deuteronomy. It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, how do we hear the, uh, the word of God? Is by listening, or, you know, by reading perhaps, but you know, by, by listening in that sense, by listening. To, to what God has to say to us. As I was preparing for this, I came across a quote which I found quite helpful, which says, the ear is the Christian's primary sense organ. Now, the, that we are to be, uh, as Christians, we are to be people who listen primarily uh, to God. And that's what, that's what it's all about. And so, um, and so the teacher, Ecclesiastes, he goes on, this little sort of um, poem, and uh, it says, Do not be quick with your mouth and hasty to utter anything before God. Don't be, be quick to speak, because, it says, God is in heaven and you are on earth, so let your words be few. Now what does he, he mean by this? 
You remember over the last few weeks as we've been looking at Ecclesiastes, what we've been saying is that God is the one ultimately who gives our lives meaning. That when we, we look at our lives just from the perspective of, of um, you know, dying, then it makes things meaningless because we enjoy things for a little while, then we die. God is the one who actually gives our lives meaning. And so when we come to church, that is our, you know, if you like, biggest opportunity that we have to listen to God uh, with other, other people. And uh, wouldn't it be a pity to squander that opportunity by not listening, by coming to church just to, just to speak rather than actually listen. God is the one who has the eternal perspective and it's him that we need to hear. Uh, It's so easy, isn't it, to come to church, I think, with our own preconceptions and with our own agenda. I remember back um, a few years ago now, a church we we used to go to uh, at Christmas time. It was, I think, the Christmas Eve carol service and um, I was sitting, it was sort of packed out, you know, as, as these things are on Christmas Eve. Uh, well, it was back then, <laughs> probably won't be like that this year. But um, someone was sitting next to me who, uh, who was a visiting, you know, he didn't normally come to the church. And he started telling me all about what, what it was all about um, in, his, in his opinion, uh, giving me his opinions about, about Christmas and things. And I just remember sitting and thinking, you know, hold on a minute, you know, I, I'm the one who comes here every week and you're telling me what it's all about. You know, he, was, um, he had his own sort of quite idiosyncratic ideas. But that's the thing, that it's very easy to, even when we come to church, to come with our own ideas. You know, we've got our little shopping list of things that we want God to do for us uh, rather than actually listening to what God might have to say to us. And this is what the teacher says in verse 3, that a dream comes when there are many cares, many words mark the speech of a fool. So he says it's easy to let the, uh, in the busyness of life, to just have our own dreams, our own thoughts about God, and just to, to think our own thoughts rather than listening, letting God kind of break in to our own thoughts about him and letting God speak to us. So in the, um, in the second half of this, this passage today, verses uh, 4 to 6, he goes on to talk about vows. Talk about vows. Now, um, vows aren't something that we would normally associate, I think, with, with church, are they? Um, you know, because we, um, we don't really make vows, or, or at least we think we don't. Uh, but I, I think we do make vows, actually, when we come to church. I think we do make vows... If we look at the, the service sheet that we say, I think this actually has a lot of things in it where, which we're saying to God, we're asking of God, and, uh, and these things here, I wonder if we, we just sometimes say them without really understanding, they're just words. But think about some of the things that we say. For example, in a moment in the confession, we say we earnestly repent and are deeply sorry for these, our wrongdoings. And we think, well, do we earnestly repent of our sin? Or is that just a word uh, that we say? It says in the, um, in the prayer of, of humble access, 
We ask God that we may evermore dwell in, in him, in Christ, and he in us. Do we know what that means? Do we know what that means for us to dwell in Christ? Do we want that? Do we know what we're asking for when we pray those words? Or when we say uh, after communion uh, to ask that um, God would uh, give us to be a reasonable, holy and living sacrifice. Do we really mean that? Do we want to be a living sacrifice to God? Because these are vows that we're making to God. These are things that we are asking of him. And what the uh, Ecclesiastes is saying is that when we come, when we come to God, we need to, to say what we mean. Now he says, um, uh, chapter 5, verse, uh, verse, verse 4, When you make a vow to God, do not delay to fulfil it. He has no pleasure in fools. Fulfil your vow. Do what you say you will do. When you come before God, don't just say words which are meaningless. Actually mean them. Uh, the words mean something. And we can't plead ignorance. Chapter 5, verse 6. Do not let your mouth lead you into sin. And do not protest to the temple messenger, my vow was a mistake. Why should God be angry at what you say and destroy the work of your hands? Ignorance is no excuse, as they say. If you don't know that, uh, what we're saying as part of this, then perhaps it, it could be uh, your opportunity to find out. Um, because you know this is um, this is our, our responsibility, isn't it? Not just to say words, but to, to to know, to understand, to mean them, and to find out. And so he finishes off at much dreaming, verse seven. Sorry, much dreaming, and many words are meaningless. Therefore, fear God. So he says all of the ideas that that human beings have, you know, the uh, all of the ideas about God, the the dreams. Uh, the words, you know, people got all sorts of funny ideas about God. Uh, I remember the number of times that I've done um, funerals, for example, and people have said to me, um, oh, you know, it's always like two spirits coming together, or and I believe that, you know, my, my granny and granddad are up there watching down or something like that. And, um, you know, people have got all sorts of funny ideas about, about death and about heaven and so on. Don't listen to what God has to say to us. And this is the important thing, that we need to listen. Because it's, at the end of the day, our ideas are only human ideas. They could be wrong. But God is the only one who has the truth. So therefore, we need to fear him. Remember the end of that, that verse from Proverbs, Proverbs 1 verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of, the beginning of wisdom. But fools despise wisdom and understanding. That's the thing. We need to be wise. We need to fear the Lord. We need to listen to him rather than just coming to God with our own ideas about him and telling him our own ideas. Uh, so what, what should we conclude as we, we come to the end? The answer to the meaningless of life is found in, well, it's found in God. And it's found when we come here, when we read the Bible, when we listen to him. That's our, our answer to the meaninglessness of life. So don't waste this opportunity. Don't waste this opportunity to, to, to um, walk with God, to worship him and to listen to him. So uh, there are a couple of things that I would say. The first thing is to listen to God and ask for his help. Um, I think one of the things that we often 
one of the mistakes I think we, we, we often make when coming to church is just thinking that church is only about, ent not exactly entertainment, but it's just there for our benefit as you know, we sit there as kind of passive consumers. But rather than thinking about it like that, thinking that this is actually, church is a time where we can come and listen to God. And that when we read the Bible, we can actually listen to God. So let's take that opportunity and ask him to help us listen. Ask him to help us to be people who, who take on board what he wants to say to us. Because you know, I often find this, that when I'm in church and I'm listening to, um, especially in terms of the, the sermon, um, God often says something to me about my own situation um, and will speak to me in, in, those, in those ways. So let's, let's be people who want to listen. And also, we need to, the second thing is we need to speak, speak the truth. Uh, don't just mouth words. Don't just mouth words, but let them come from the heart. Let the words that we speak as we go through the service come from the heart and be things that we, we say with meaning. And this is how uh, we can escape the meaninglessness of the world. You know, it's doing the same old things. It's actually when we, we, do, we come to God, and especially when we meet together as the church, we, uh, we seek him and uh, we seek the one who gives our lives meaning. So let's remember that as we uh, meet week by week. This is, this is the stand that we're taking against the meaninglessness of the world. Let's seek the Lord. Amen.